0: Traffickers as a whole are not a creative bunch. The ones that have been doing it for a while, you will see that they have an established pattern. They have their answers that they always give. They have their activities that they always do. They have their types. They have their Uh, people in place. They have their timelines, their time. It's become a very methodical system for them. So when you're dealing with people who have been in that world for a while, you can start predicting what they're going to do and how they're going to react and how they're going to respond to things. Uh, It's the newbies, the ones that are still trying to get their power, get their control and have their ego stroked. Those are the ones that you have to be careful of. The established traffickers, they know when to go quiet. They know when to go underground. They know when to move. They know when they're about to be found out and they know how to keep quiet about it so that they can continue to live another day because their whole purpose is to traffic people think that traffickers are sex addicts. Um, only the underlings. The ones who run the organizations, sex is not their main goal. They love the money and the power that it brings them. When you look at Derek's parents, uh, well, specifically his mom, Michelle Morrell, Every time she gets found out, every time she can't keep the ruse up anymore, they move. Now, Derek would always say that they would move for his dad's job. And I would ask, well, what does your dad do for a living? And he would say, well, he he works, um, he does, uh, he is uh You don't know what your dad does, but you move every few years for him. Well, that's interesting. Uh, Some traffickers that I have dealt with before this current group, they did the same thing. Uh, Whenever he was about to get caught, he would pick up and he would move. Uh, He would move throughout the states. He even moved out of country one time so that he wouldn't get caught. Uh, When I started bringing light to this trafficking organization, you could tell who was in charge and you could tell who had been doing this for a while because they went dead, dark, quiet. Even when I tried to text or email or reach out for any kind of information about other things Uh, because I didn't know they were traffickers yet at the time, they would not respond. I could not get any of these people to actually respond to me until this was what set it off, where I realized that I was right and that I had figured out what was going on, is when I did a post on my Common Sense Therapy page and (laughs) Rachel Pipkin outed the, the group. She outed herself and she attacked me and all of the people who came in and supported her showed me who they were. And then Derek just could not keep his mouth shut. And he, the more that we poked and prodded, the more information he gave. And so I, you know, actually thank Derek for being such a loudmouth, because I would not have been able to have the information that I have if Derek had gone dark and quiet with the rest of them. Now, I'm pretty sure, because of some of the experiences that we went through with Derek and the other people, that they were trying to tell him to shut up, but he wouldn't. So, Derek is reactionary, and this is a problem. For the people who are in charge because he has zero patience and he always has to prove that he is right and first and great and smarter than everybody else. And so he's done so many things along the lines of ruining the big plan of the people who are over him. I'm pretty sure that if his mom wasn't as high up in the organization as she is, that he would have been ousted in a long time ago, but she keeps bailing him out. Uh, it's going to get to the point where that's not going to keep working for him. Uh, I Rachel is also, Rachel Pipkin is also very reactionary and what you're seeing is that her husband, Charles Pipkin, he has been doing this longer than anybody in this group. And my guess is that he would have divorced her (laughs) or gotten rid of her like he did his other wives uh, by now if it wouldn't draw attention to him because he knows that I already know that's what he does. So he's having to stick with her right now, but she is causing problems. She's the one who outed them in town, and she's the one who has been the most supportive of Derek, actually. Uh, There was one time where he really blew it, and uh Rachel and her groupies got on Facebook and they were all oh we so support you and oh we're here for you and but missing were the big big players in the organization including his mom um so Michelle has realized that Derek causes a lot of problems on Facebook and she has had to go and block me But uh, she made Derek block me, but he keeps unblocking me and then telling me, hey, stop talking to me. Hey, stop causing problems. And, uh, you know, why are you bothering me? And then he blocks me again. Uh, It's ridiculous, actually. But in his reactionary and in the other reactionary uh, traffickers, what you see is they can't just stop. So, most of the negative reviews, I, I actually almost think all of them, if I were to look at it, all of the negative reviews on my podcast are from traffickers. Uh, there's one in there, and I will, so the first, one, two, three, I think, are from the first group of traffickers that I ran across, and they, it's all about how I mean, you could tell it's very, very personal and it's all about this woman ruins families and, and you need to run away from her. She's just pure evil. Now, while all of this was happening, Derek actually posted a very positive review on my podcast. He didn't use his real name because, you know, he's a coward even when he's trying to do something right. And he posts this really glowing review about how I save families. He even told that to me to my face. He says, Mandy, you save families. And I just looked at him and I'm like, oh, okay. And he, you know, just glowing review and pretending that he was on my side and so supportive. And then as soon as he was uh, getting divorced from his wife, he changed his review. Now, here's what's really interesting is he didn't just go and write another review. He deleted his positive review. And then he brings in another one that said, I changed my mind. Like the world is paying attention to Derek's review, right? They aren't. So he comes and he's like, I changed my mind, and this woman is she ruins families, and and you know she's not a good person. And then he comes back again, and he he changes it again, and he says never mind, and does uh what he thinks is an even worse review. Because these people, honestly, the reactionary, impatient ones that can't keep their mouths shut and don't know how to go underground and don't know how to do this for the long haul they think that everybody just is paying attention to their brilliance and they just love to have them in their presence and, and that their lives are better off with these people in it. And they're so delusional on this front. Okay, so how does this help you? How can you figure out if you're dealing with traffickers based off of this information that I've just given you? Well, you have the two different levels of traffickers in an organization. And they don't seem to have anything in common with each other. They wouldn't be friends on the street. Sometimes they are such random acquaintances that you can't find a connection. And when the one is just being so loud and out there and causing all these problems and, and bringing attention. The other one has run away. You can't find them. And so if you have this dynamic going on, then chances are you have, uh, run into a trafficking organization. Now, this dynamic with all the other things that I've told you, traffickers do and say and who they are and what they are and things that I will continue to tell you about them. So (laughs) just because somebody has a weird friendship and one's quiet and one isn't or one's shy and one isn't, it does not mean that you've got traffickers. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that Derek lives in vernal utah now derek never wanted to live in vernal utah when uh, he felt like uh, he and his wife felt like they were supposed to move to vernal Every single time he was in my office, he would complain about it. Mandy, there's nothing in Vernal. There's nothing for me in Vernal. I've got nothing in Vernal. I can't play my games in Vernal. I don't have any friends in Vernal. What kind of a job am I going to get in Vernal? All I heard was Vernal was the worst place on the face of the earth. So why is he still there? Well, that comes into the legal aspect of it because that's where they could buy the judge off. And so he actually worked very well in his favor that they had an apartment there he got he kicked his wife and child out of the apartment and claimed it as his residency. He's living there now with his girlfriend and and you know Vernal's his home because you know he loves it so much. Well, he hated the idea of moving to Vernal. So why is he still in Vernal? That's a good question. We'll talk about that another uh, time on another podcast. But Rachel Pipkin, the Pipkins And Charles Piper, they, well, actually, Charles lives in Alberta, Utah, which is such a small town that it's not even on the map anymore. And the Pipkins live in Goshen, Utah. So this is a three hour drive from Vernal. And Derek hated it when he came to Goshen. All we heard was complaints from him about how he hated it here and he hated being with us and he didn't want anything to do with the Pipkins and he just hated everything about Goshen too. So why in the world would somebody make friends with people that they hated at a place they never wanted to be that is three hours away from another place they hated and never wanted to be? see how none of this adds up, none of this makes sense, you know, and you can say, well, he just hates his life. Well, that's not what he tells everybody. What he tells everybody is he hates me. He doesn't tell anybody that he hates his own life. He just hates me. And so if he really did hate his life, Isn't that the message you would hear first? Not this never-ending diatribe on how I am the most evil person on the face of the earth and I have ruined his life and he needs to destroy me. Uh, Some of the quotes are, he needs to take down the empire and Mandyland is not fun. I mean, he just comes up with what he thinks are very clever comments about how terrible of a person I am but it doesn't match with what he claims when he's complaining about his life. So when we first moved to Goshen, I was, I had my own private practice and I was seeing my own clients uh, and Juliet at the time uh, Juliet Peterson, I've mentioned her before. She is the one that Derek claims he is madly in love with. Yeah, she was uh, Derek's wife's best friend from college. And uh, Derek was actually making the moves on her while he was hitting on my daughter and married to his wife. So, you know, great guy. Juliet was struggling and didn't really have a big support system. And so I offered her uh, our family as a support system. I told her that she needed a family system more than she needed a therapist. And so I told her that our family was willing to give that to her. And she agreed and she was very thankful and happy about it uh we helped her move into our house because uh she was trying to figure out what she wanted to do for a job and she was trying to um get some money it was during covid she wasn't working she didn't know what she wanted to do uh she didn't have the a way to stick with her lease so i said well why don't you come and live with us while uh, you're trying to figure all of that out. Uh, Juliet would be what we call an abuse refugee. Her family had basically abused her to the point where she had had to walk away from them and she didn't have anywhere to go and she didn't know how to do it. So she was kind of our first rescue, but (laughs) she did not appreciate the fact that we were trying to help her. So the more that she was with us, the angrier she got that she couldn't have everything she wanted um, without any work. She just wanted to be taken care of. She did not want to actually live her life and do anything. And, and she started lying a lot. She lied to everybody that she could, and she would tell anybody that would listen any story that would get them to pity her and help take care of her. It got to the point where she actually went and called like five of my clients and my brother actually called them to badmouth me and try to get them to turn it on me because she was very angry with me. When I asked her what she was angry about, she said that I wouldn't um, hurt her. I wouldn't retaliate against her. I was making her make her own choices. And she was having to live with the consequences of her own actions. And that's what she was actually mad about. Like, well, I can't help you because I'm not going to do that any different. And so she went and called my clients again, a second time. Now, at this time, she was working at a family law office that I had helped her get that job. And she knew all about HIPAA. Uh, For those of you who do not live in the United States, we have a law. It is a... um, Privacy law that states that you cannot violate somebody's medical privacy. It is on a federal level and it's a really, really bad thing if you do it. And it's called the HIPAA law. So she called my clients and my brother again, a second time. I called her out on it, said, This is so, it's not just inappropriate. You could get me in legal trouble and you can be in legal trouble and you need to knock it off. And she went and did it a third time. So at this time, it was very obvious that all she wanted to do was hurt me and I told her that she needed to go and figure her life out and decide what she wanted to do with it where she wasn't with us, hurting me in any way that she wanted to. So she moved out, lied to everybody about the entire process, uh, tried to get people to take her in based off of telling them that we had kicked her out and she was destitute and she was working and making more money than I was because of all of the stuff that Derek had done to me where I couldn't charge any of my clients. So she was actually making more money than I was and we had paid for her to go on vacation with us. And we were paying for her food because she didn't want to buy her own food. And we were pay- We were helping her with all sorts of her bills. She was not paying rent. She was not paying utilities. She was not doing anything. And she goes and tells everybody that uh, we kicked her out and she's destitute. I'm like, okay, be honest. And she would not be. Anyway, so Julia leaves and Derek enters. It was kind of an interesting trade-off because Derek had all of the same attitudes that Juliet had. He just didn't call my clients over it. He just hated me and my husband and my and he hit on my girls. And he was just wildly inappropriate and just a not a good person. He was abusing his young underage daughter who wasn't two yet. Uh, he was watching porn on my big screen on my theater room. He was doing all of this really horrible, horrible stuff. And his wife separated from him. And because, uh, he was supposedly, we never let him move in to our house but he claimed that he was living here. And so he just dumped all of his garbage on us and did whatever he wanted to us. And then he left. Now it was between Juliet and Derek that Charles Pipkin came to me and said that his oldest daughter that was living with him at the time, she was uh 15. Uh needed, she was so rebellious and they just were at their wits end and they had no idea what to do with her and asked if I would help. And I said, absolutely, I will help you with her. So I started meeting with their daughter and it was at this time that I got involved with the Pipkins. Now, what Charles meant to have happen is that he sends me his daughter I give her the diagnoses that he wants me to so that he can have all the control to ship her off and say, well, the therapist said that she has all these issues, so what choice did I have? And that he could be in control of everything. Um, My husband, whenever Charles would come over to our house, he would... My husband said he was the most controlling man my husband had ever met in his entire life. Charles would march himself into my bedroom because my husband is bedridden a lot. And he marched himself into my bedroom and looked at my sick husband in bed and started trashing me in front of, to him. He's sitting there telling my husband that I'm not that strong of a person and I don't know anything and I don't know how to deal with people. And I mean, he's just going off to my sick husband in my bedroom. Wildly inappropriate stuff. Uh, That's not the worst of what he did, but you get the idea, right? Okay. So uh, it was right after this when I wouldn't do what Charles wanted me to do with his daughter, uh, when I wouldn't act the way Juliet wanted me to act and when I wouldn't be controlled by Derek the way that he wanted to control me, that these people all decided that the only solution they had left was to destroy me. Now you have to understand at this time, I had no inkling that these people were traffickers. I knew they were bad I knew they were abusive. I knew that several of them were pedophiles. I knew all of that, but why would I automatically go to traffickers? I'm like you. Trafficking seems to be like a, a Hollywood thing. It's out there. Uh, and it's happening in other places, but seriously, do you really think it's gonna happen in Goshen, Utah? Nothing happens in Goshen, Utah. We are a population under a thousand. We don't have mail delivered, we're on septic tank and propane. We are as off the grid as you can get. So why am I gonna be looking for human traffickers, right? I'm not. I think I'm in idyllic USA and I'm fine with that. I just want to work and have my family and live my life and move on. So these, this organization that thinks and claims to everybody that I was going after them to attack them, it's quite the opposite actually. They wanted to control me and I wouldn't be controlled. They wanted me to live the lies and I wouldn't live the lies. They wanted me to do what they wanted me to do. They thought they'd found the perfect person that they could use. And I just keep looking at them and think, know your audience. I mean, all of you had the opportunity to get to know who I am. And from all of my stories, you should know that I don't quit, and I don't lie, and I refuse to be controlled. So know your audience. All right, so let's fast forward just a little bit. I have lost my private practice because of what these people have done, and I can't charge anybody for it, so how am I supposed to make a living with it? So a friend of mine and I had decided that uh, we were going to start kind of a horse therapy business and uh, I had already started my podcast, my Common Sense Therapy page. I'd written my book. I was kind of moving forward in that direction and learning, uh, figuring out how to help people on a bigger scale uh, more than just the one-on-one and so this horse therapy was a great opportunity that uh, my friend and I felt we could reach more people and do it in a way that hadn't been done before. Uh, We actually invented uh, what's called symbiotic horse therapy. It's where we rehabilitate horses and then we let that horse's issues help the person that comes in that we're helping. So we let the horse connect with the person and the person connect with the horse on their issues level and each of them heals each other. This, my friend slash business partner, we're the only people we know who do it this way because she's really, really good with horses. If you heard my one podcast, uh, I talk about her I call her the horse whisperer and I'm really, really good with people. I'm really good with dealing with their issues and knowing what their issues are. And so between my people skills and her animal skills, you know, we got it together and we started practicing and helping and we had a specific client that had two boys who are autistic And her husband is with the wounded blue. These are uh, law enforcement or first responders who have been injured in the line of duty. At the time, we were renting a pasture, leasing a pasture, I guess, uh, from a man in town Normally, I don't give the names of people that are on the good side because I don't want them to be bothered. But I'm just going to give his first name because it's a little bit easier. So Clarence, he's an older gentleman. And We love Clarence. He wanted to be the grandpa of the family and we loved that. And every time we'd bring people to the pasture, he always made sure to come and introduce himself and he would always bring treats and he loved our animals there, uh, But we were finding success with our horses and with our business. Now I told you that the traffickers didn't want me to be able to have any kind of financial success. And Stephen Staley, his house is right next to the pasture. So he started trying to sabotage us being at the pasture. He Uh, had his uh, son and the Pipkin boy come in and vandalize our food and our tack. And he uh, would throw stuff into our pasture to scare our horses. He had his son and the Pipkin boy come in and um, chase our horses Landing mine on a barbed wire fence. It was such a miraculous blessing that my horse didn't get injured worse than he did. And they were, he would turn the water on and let it run so that the water bill would run high. Uh, Then uh, Charles Pipkin. He brought his daughter over and fo- put tried to push her on Clarence. And Clarence is this old, he's in his 80s, gentleman who knew this was completely inappropriate and wanted nothing to do with it. He's actually the first person that I came in contact with who called the police on Charles Pipkin because of what he did with his daughter. Uh, so he dared to report Charles's behavior to the police and send the police over to investigate at their house. Now, I told you in uh, what they do to people who go against them. And so Stephen Staley had to attack harder. Now, at the time, uh, Derek's uh, separated wife. They, they were not divorced yet. She was posting on Facebook about, uh, what we were doing with the horses and showing the horses and showing her daughter. Uh, we got uh, my adopted granddaughter. We got her a horse Bobo and we were, um, she loved Bobo and Bobo was just a heaven sent for our business. She could help anybody. She had been through so much in her life that her spirit was so big. And she helped this one, uh, one of the autistic boys with his abandonment issues that he'd never been able to deal with ever before this, before meeting Bobo. And we, uh, showed up and we found out later. So I'll kind of do it retroactively. Uh, Derek had our horses poisoned because he didn't want us to be able to be successful. Uh, We were not supposed to have horses in a business and and be able to help people. So he ended up uh, killing Bobo. And the next day, the horse that we his wife was using got sick the same way that bobo did and this is where we started kind of putting the pieces together and the Pipkins, while we're trying to deal with our sick horses, sick and dying horses, the Pipkins would drive by the pasture and would flip us off and would yell obscenities and insults and, and they would slow down and, and they would mock us and, and harass us while we're trying to take care of our sick and dying horses. And while all of this was happening, Stephen Staley decided to evict us from the pasture. Uh, And we were told by, well, he actually didn't tell us. He told Clarence and said, they have two weeks to get off of the pasture, or we will come after them. And the next day, our stuff was thrown out onto the street, and I got a text uh, that said, you have been evicted, and you come get your stuff. Don't you dare trespass. And if, um, there's something you want on in the pasture, you need to come to me and tell me uh, that I have it. And I mean, I have the, the texts because it was given to me by a, a man in town who had actually befriended our family when we first moved in. And I had a text from him that was, uh, and uh, that was very nice, very friendly. And then the next text is this uh, Your stuff's out on the street, and don't you dare trespass, or we will file charges. We're like, What in the world? We didn't do anything. So they tried to kill all of our horses. They tried, they, well, they killed my daughter's baby goat. Uh, they Tried to injure the horses that they couldn't kill. They actually tried to kill the daughter of my business partner. Uh, They did not care. It takes a very cold, hard, unconscionable person to go and kill animals. And then try and use it and rub it in their face of the people that you... uh, killed their animals. But like I said, these people do not care what it takes to get what they want. And they don't care what laws they break. And they don't care who they hurt in the process of getting what they want. So when we're looking at the business, I call it the miracle of Square Pig Ranch because they did, they threw everything they could at us to make sure that we could not start or be successful with our business. Now, why in the world would people who we have nothing to do with uh, be so concerned with shutting down our business? Isn't it, you know, the American dream and, and everybody's right to be able to work and support their families and be able to be a part of a community? And I mean, the business that we started never had a thing to do with them. It never affected them in any way, shape or form, positively or negatively. They didn't need to be, step in and ruin everything that they could, or try to ruin everything that they could. Now, I will say that, yes, they were very, very successful in making it extremely hard for us to try and come back from uh, the money aspect of it. We, and you know what, we have never been able yet to find a replacement for Bobo. So that boy that we were helping with his abandonment issues, he does not want to have a thing to do with any other horse or animal that we have because in dealing with his abandonment issues, they took the one horse, the living creature that was helping him deal with that. So that was too much abandonment that he could not deal with. And he won't make an attachment with another one of our living animals because he doesn't want to lose that again. So they hurt him on a very, very deep level. And we haven't been able to find another Bobo. We found some good Horses that have similar issues, but we just have not been able to find another Bobo. So, I'm going to give you just kind of a rundown of what they all have done. Uh, they contacted this client of ours and on Facebook, on her private Facebook page, uh, bashing me. And the business and our services and telling them, uh, telling this client that they, she and her family needed to stay away from us. When I called them out on it, they said that uh, they had the right to do it because they were very concerned that her children were going to be hurt by what we were doing to them. So that gave them the right to do to go and destroy lives. Uh, they killed our animals. They ruined uh, different um, equipment that we had. They stalked us while we were trying to get the ranch up and running and then threatened the safety of our launch party. So, uh, and we know that (laughs) they were stalking us. Uh, Derek actually admitted to it. And we also, they weren't very good at it. We saw them. It was really kind of funny because they were terrible at it, but we were really good at not being followed. But what you would see is that they'd start they, they like trained by watching us. And so when they'd start to follow us, uh, they'd pay attention to the maneuvers that we were doing. And then they would start copying those maneuvers. Uh, It was so pathetic. Anyway, but this stalking um, they would do, they were very, very unsafe. It was scary. They would try to follow us and try to hit us and try to, they were trying to hurt us. They weren't just trying to scare us. They found the ranch and then they, uh, anytime we would try to market, uh, they would Come in, and they would badmouth the marketing. Uh, like I said, they uh, threatened our launch party so people wouldn't want to come. Um, they made it so that we were having to drive all over creation. So, and gas is really expensive right now, not to mention time that we had. I mean, this trafficking group actually caused like a million dollars worth of damage to our business. And they don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And we're over here trying to just live. I mean, we have not done anything anything that warrants this kind of attack on our business and our way of life and our ability to make money for our families. Uh, We are a completely female-owned business and that should be celebrated, not attacked, but they do not feel that we have the right to even live. And so they had to go after everything that we have done. When I say that they attacked our marketing, you're like, how can they do that? Well, this uh, client of ours, she would post uh, advertisements for what we were doing on her Facebook page. They reported that to Facebook and Facebook came on on her and said, you cannot advertise this business. Now, I don't know how they got that message through. I have no idea because from my experience, Facebook only punishes good people. Uh, They don't. So I don't. I don't know what they were able to say, but if she markets our business anymore, they will shut her Facebook page down. And she runs some other businesses and she networks through Facebook. So she has to have the ability to network these other businesses. So she cannot even market or promote our business or events that we're doing at all, or Facebook will shut her down. That's just one of the things that they have done to make sure that we're not allowed to advertise what we do. And then anybody they find who actually comes up and is a client of ours, they go after them personally. Nobody wants to be harassed, especially the clientele that we have. We serve, like I said, Wounded Blue, we serve veterans, we serve people with trauma, we serve abuse refugees, we serve autistic clients, we serve all of these issues cannot handle being harassed, threatened, and attacked. And they know that. So they go after our clients. They find out who they are and they attack them personally. Now you can say, well, why don't you just report them? Because I told you they could care less about the law. So we can report them and they just keep doing what they're doing. They will not stop. And they don't have a problem with the fact that they have put us in the hole financially before we were even able to get started. Uh, we're actually a nonprofit. And so we go our bread and butter are donations. But when they are constantly attacking and um, threatening and hurting us, nobody wants to donate to that. And so we can't make up what we have lost. And they refuse to stop or do anything um, to leave us alone. And nobody else will step up and say, hey, (laughs) knock it off. This is a good business. Leave them alone. And so, you know, what we've got going here is the absolute worst, Catch-22, where they don't care and we're stuck trying to fix what they keep breaking. So what does this all have to do with you and traffickers? Okay, well, first of all, like I said, we call it the miracle of square peg ranch because we were still able to get it up and running and with everything they tried to do to shut us down and stop us. No, we, I mean, yes, we're still trying to dig out of the hole, but we are still moving forward. Uh, but this is the lengths that they will go financially. And when you're saying that doesn't make any sense, why are they attacking you? This is what I'm saying. You look at this, you have to look at who the people are and why they are attacking. And then you look at the people who are staying quiet and why are they staying quiet, right? So We have been talking about how they will go after people that they hate uh, financially and try to ruin their reputation and try to ruin their ability to do what they do, even when it really does not affect them one way or the other. The next few podcasts, we're going to talk about one, how they'll go after your personal beliefs, and then uh, we're going to talk about how they will uh, corrupt the legal system and, and use corrupt government to get what they want.